This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, Toby Boulay joins us to discuss the power and importance of organ donation, plus deeper stories around Logan's passing with Humboldt Broncos. It's been five years, by the way, on April 6th. Green Shirt Day is coming up April 7th. Board games coming to life with Blaine Kylo, VR, and so much more. We chat about all the great worlds of technology, plus game showy, and are you okay with on the Shift Daily Podcast. Coming up is uh, very two and very important days, and I am overdue because our original schedule before Christmas did not work out with Toby Boulay and I to get together to watch hockey because I was going to be in Coaldale, and then you ended up leaving and coming here that day. Um, so life happened. We didn't get to visit before Christmas, so I'm overdue to say hi to Toby anyway. So a good chance to cross both paths here all at once. Toby Boulay is, uh, well, he's retired now, so he kind of does what he wants. He's very popular around Lethbridge, uh, does a lot of volunteer work and so much. But uh, Logan Boulay's dad, probably the best of all the titles uh, that he carries with him every day. Uh, Logan Boulay passed away the day after the Humboldt Broncos crash. Uh, Logan was in that crash. He played for Humboldt in the Saskatchewan Junior uh, Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, and um, and Logan became mostly known for this. Uh, they call it Logan Boulay effect now because this ripple effect that Logan has created, uh, even for me, for so many people, is still so astounding. So we are tiptoeing our way toward the anniversary of the crash. We're tiptoeing toward Green Shirt Day, which is a day to celebrate organ transplant and all things related to that. That's why, um, that's how I met Toby. And um, I'm proud to say that, you know, we be, kind of became buds over all these uh, last few years, which is nice to see your face, Toby. How you doing, yeah. bud? We're good. Thank you very much. Good. Hey, Shane, uh, nice to see you too. Oh, thank you. Um, I, I uh, So we are getting close. Um, such mixed emotions because on Green Shirt Day, you get to see all of the evidence of everything comes through, the partnerships, the the assistance, the hard work of others, the effect Logan had on yourself and other people. At the same time, though, it is the anniversary of, of losing your boy. So how are you doing coming up to that? Um, we're, we're doing fine. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just moving forward all the time and little steps keep going, but it's, you know, there's so many people have lost a child. So. Mm -hmm. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough to be on the national stage and to lose a child on the national stage. That's a little different than it is most, but it's uh, we're doing okay. And you ask that question, I'm tearing up, but no, I don't have yeah. a pretty good mood. Well, so, you know, I will, I will acknowledge that you and I have also always carried a, a, a and Bernie to your wife a, a very open, a, authentic level of conversation. So. Um, I appreciate the fact that, you know, you are able to be in that place and you don't have to be all business um, no. in it because we could do it that way. We could talk about all business, but that's not what we do. It's not who you are. It's not who I am. Uh, and it's not who Logan was either because he came to you yeah. before that crash and said, dad, I'm going to sign my donor card. And he did. Yes, he did. He just announced it to me the, the summer before on our back deck. And I'm just like, what? He said, you're going to be 85 years old. Nobody wants your organs. And he looked at me and said, uh, no, I am. Huh? And he did. And Rick Suggett, his, uh, trainer had passed away on june 27th of a cerebral brain hemorrhage and he donated six organs and logan said he was inspired by rick and we've made the since then of course the bullies have made great friends with the Suggett family in edmonton and yes there are they are oiler fans but they're still nice people and uh 
we've made great friends. I'm going to see Rob this Saturday in Edmonton. We're in a in a kidney fundraiser in Edmonton for Northern Alberta and kidney and uh, Northwest Territories, and we're both on the fashion model runway. So Ooh. things have changed. Oh, uh, Rob is very dapper, and I got Chris Joseph to go in it too, and he's very tall and good looking, and I'm kind of in the middle. Stumpy and not so good looking. Stumpy. <laughs> compared to those two guys, compared to Chris Joseph, I'm stumpy. That's for darn sure. Oh, sure. I disagree. Handsome as ever you are. And I know Bernie would agree with me too. Have you seen, like, the dialogue has really changed, right, in these fundraisers over the last few years? I mean, I think access to becoming an organ donor when you can do it at the registries, at least here in Alberta, every province is a little bit different. But um, that it seems like the conversation as the the medicine around it changes, the success rates change. I mean, the conversation is, I see, has very much shifted um, into what can be created around organ donation. It used to, organ donation used to be this last ditch effort in medicine, but it's not like that anymore. It's really, like it wasn't, it's for many people, and it is for some, I don't mean to diminish the experience of other people. For some people, it is a Hail Mary, but the actual transplant itself, waiting for an organ can be a Hail Mary. The transplant itself, they've been very successful. They've become so good that I think the whole narrative has changed that fundraisers like that are a little bit more about fun and a little bit about creating lives with people as opposed to hoping that somebody doesn't die because they, you know, that the transplant goes wrong. Like it's so different. Uh, yes. We've been to quite a few fundraisers and they try to make it fun. And I agree with you on that. Our, our first few obviously were not as much fun as they are now. Um, and they, what the, the way you mentioned that the actual transplant itself, we were in Pittsburgh in the spring and at the Starzell Hospital and Dr. Starzell, he perfected, he did the first world liver transplant and they show, we watched a movie and it's like literally he's wearing a rain jacket and rubber boots. There's so much blood. And now it's like, it's not like that a liver transplant. You can use just part of your liver and it just worms its way and regrows itself. We didn't know any of that. And so, huh. I mean, we've had three or four people come up to us and became living organ, anonymous living kidney donors because of Logan, which... I would never have thought of doing, and I still surprised my wife and I that people just anonymously say, you can have my kidney to somebody else. That's yeah. exactly what you're talking about. It's it's not so much Logan, but the whole conversation around it. We talk to people who've been in the game a long time, and they just say, the, the Logan uh, really effect, it changed the conversation about how people approach it. And my wife, certainly, she's pushed the word conversation very, very hard. And people are now very open and young kids are open to have that conversation, which would never have happened, I don't think. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think you've I think you've done that to me. Um, right. Uh, yeah, so would, uh, I think that's my experience of it is is that that's where the conversation starts. And that's that's where it happened here. I mean, we've we've included we've we've tried to include organ conversation, organ donation conversation outside of Green Shirt Day. Um, which is something that I would never have thought of before, you know, and I would, I would attribute that 100% to Logan. No, yeah, well on the Calgary flames themselves, there's four or five that are in the, the leadership ownership coaching chip group that have their family has been touched by organ donations. Transplants. Oh, oh, and I didn't know that until later. And yeah. I, and I talked to Kelsey snow quite a bit, but not like a whole bunch, but I made a post yesterday about what something she said and she got kind of a kickback for somebody. So I stepped up the, yeah. That was amazing, by the way. Um, uh, Kelsey Snow, uh, her husband, Chris, is an assistant GM with the Flames. He has ALS. And Kelsey's been sharing her um, 
her journey as uh, having a partner with ALS and shares pictures of Chris before before he was diagnosed and, you know, a vibrant, um, active uh, dad and husband. And, you know, and he's still like, uh, the character always shines through. That's the one thing I've learned from from. I don't know, Chris, I've never met Kelsey, but I've been watching it from afar because of, because of my crossover yeah. with you know, hockey broadcasters, right? Like, um, yeah. you know, Eric and Kelly and, and all those guys and, and they, um, boy, oh boy, that character's there. Like it's, it's this magical thing. So I, I liked what you did, um, with that, for that conversation, because I mean, that's, but even, even that, uh, you know, Toby, when we talk about organ donation and then you start to talk about ALS and these conversations I don't want to say normal in a bad way, but they become normalized. They We used to be afraid. Like two dads couldn't sit on a national radio show and get, uh, you know, emotional and just let it roll. We used to edit those things, right? And we yeah. can do that today. So even the, you know, you look at the effect of what you're creating now, um, inspired by Logan and his journey, spills over into ALS. It spills over into all kinds of different things. Like it's amazing. I I couldn't agree with you more because yeah. that's exactly what my wife and I do. She works, so she doesn't. She's not on the air as much as I am, but I get seem to get most interviews, and I just talk, and people are just their comments come back, and I and it always surprised me that I actually said that mm. when I listen to myself. When I go, you know, if it becomes a podcast or you're on the news later on in Global or CTV, and you're like, I said that, mm. and it's always, and they and they actually let that go. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. That- those are the moments that the inspiration happens, right? Is those natural moments. Were you like this before just as a dad? Cause you know, you do have a daughter too. And, and uh, you know, with your two kids, they, you know, when they were younger, were, were you like this or is this is just part of your personal growth as a man and as a dad? Um, I mean, open hearted, I guess is what I'm saying. No, my dad didn't say much. He'd passed away three years ago at 92. My mom was 91. She said lots. She was involved in everything. And so I became involved in everything, mm-hmm. coached, managed, looked after, sat on boards, volunteered, donated money. So it wasn't really a big stretch to keep going on with that. It was a big stretch to to let the sunshine in our house and just put ourselves out there as the face. Mm-hmm. We had no intention of becoming the face of the Logan Willie effect. That was never in our plan, obviously. And uh, I'm not scared of uh, interviewing or being on, I've been on TV and interviewed that kind of stuff before, but not the same as this. Hmm. And certainly not, as, I've spoken lots, but not as much as the last four years. Like last year, we did 44 interviews before Green Shirt, up until Green Shirt Day. And then really? we fly wherever it was. This year, we're going to Winnipeg. A little less travel this year, which is fine. But last year as well, went to London, Ontario in the fall, Pittsburgh in the spring, Winnipeg. Going back to Winnipeg this year. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. amazing. Uh, okay, Green Shirt Day. If anybody wants to get involved, uh, it's not really about the green shirt. You don't have to buy a Green Shirt Day shirt. Um, wearing green to acknowledge the day is invited. It's not really about all that. It's just about creating this one anchor point of the conversation. And that's what Green Shirt Day really is. If you can wear green that day, even better. If you want to support and buy a shirt, uh, even better. Become an ambassador. Uh, for the program and share it um you know that your, your watermark statement is really great it says you register tell your family be inspired and um and and that's pretty awesome so it is coming up on april 7th and so let's talk about green shirt day because you have some new partnerships um and a new a new graphic designer that sort of popped out of nowhere that um has a big connection to what's going on tell us about that 
Well, it's Brandy's story, but I'll tell you a snippet of the story. When Logan, the Bronco tragedy crashed, she was on dialysis at that time in Regina. And then the next day when Logan was, it was announced, it's all over the place, Logan affected place. She was actually in a chair doing dialysis, having dialysis happening. And she said her eyes betrayed what she was thinking. And she looked around the room and one of the people there actually said, do you think you'll get, I'll get his kidney. And so from that moment on, She's been very attached to Logan Bully Effect and the Green Shirt Day. She posted some of her own videos. She's a graphic designer. But they would just kind of get those by happenstance. And then last year, we, re we reached out to each other. My wife and I, we reached out to her, and she did some work for us. But she volunteered this year to be the graphic designer for the new logo. And the new logo, like the permanent logo, she fixed that one up a little bit. But she made a new one inspired by Logan. We used to wear a Sydney Cowsby shirt from Cow's Ice Cream. I actually found it, and we just told her that in a conversation. So she designed the new logo with a Pittsburgh Penguins kind of motif to it, and it's pretty cool, and it's selling really, really well, and doesn't matter to us. Whatever, the profits just go to charity anyway. It's not doesn't go to our pockets, but the better it sells, the happier they are. And so she has that, and she's a, she had a liver transplant, and then she's had a kidney transplant because of that, because and she's waiting probably you have to get another kidney because the, the drugs required for liver transplant just destroy other parts of your body, and mostly it's the kidneys that get shut down. So that she has a great story and lives in Regina and she's awesome. Really awesome. That's fascinating. Yeah. Now, did you, when you reconnected with her, did you know that original dialysis story from, from when the crash happened? No, she just put a thing on video on Facebook. Uh, you know, after the first year, the first green shirt, she's wearing a shirt. She put it on there and okay. It's one of the many things that were sent to us. And then we connected last year because we wanted to have our, our press release, our press conference in Regina last year. So she, was with the cane transplant so long story short she helped set it up and she became the moderator at the event at the regina ledge Saskatchewan ledge and then she told that after lunch and we're like like wow. she's never told us that before but she's told that's been out there she told other people it's her story to tell but she was there and just looking around the room that's amazing that's the impact right i mean that's the stuff that um so much more to be discovered i guess um, as things go. And, and I invite you here to, to, to share those stories as well. Um, not the only thing going on with uh, new shirts and new logos and all those things, but there are some other uh, partnerships and, and help us understand for Green Shirt Day, uh, just in general with uh, with Logan and, and what this has become. Uh, what do we have going on? Well, there's, there's skates across Canada, light up Canada. They're from Niagara Falls to Confederation Bridge to the Calgary Tower and everything lights up green, like really it does. And that's all the membership of the Canadian Transplant Association because anybody who's had a transplant is automatically a member. So these are people that have been, have received. And so they're out there doing their thing and we don't even have to, we don't talk to anybody. We don't get emails. We just all said, oh yeah, I, I've organized it. So that's happening. And in Cochrane, there's a couple of people that organized last year and they're doing it again this year. Help with the Flames are having a massive, uh, road hockey day at the Spray Lake Center in Cochrane like on that. April 7th. And I was huge last year. This year, their, their, their whole Spray Lakes has jumped on board. And it's going to be, I don't know, a couple hundred kids. And it's just nice. drop in. You don't have to have a team. You just show up and they put you on a team. Nice. It's kind of like that. Like, and then we have a skate down Leopards and there's Abbotsford Police Force. They're wearing green shirts just for that day, all their policemen that are on duty that day. And of course, Leopards Fire Department, they wear their green shirt day shirts under their swag, but they wear that around the, have to have their name on the back, but they, you know, so that that's not uncommon across the country. Things like that we just get told, like, 
my wife and I are going to Newfoundland this summer for holiday. Yeah, we're going there. It'll be fun. And so we're looking up stuff. And there's like 10 cities and small towns that declared Green Shirt Day April 7th last year. No. We don't know that. Didn't even know we that. Did we look it up? Oh, that's amazing. Uh, April 7th, though, has become an important day in Ontario. There's a story from Kempville. Yeah, Ethan Boss, he was inspired by Logan when he was 12 or 13 years old right after the crash, and he contacted us through his parents, and we never met the young man, but he's done all kinds of things. He's got 12 small towns and cities around Ottawa, and the city of Ottawa have declared April 7th Green Shirt Day on a permanent basis, and now he went after his, I'll say went after, the member of uh, provincial parliament there for his region of Kempville, and they declared it last, he took it right to his private member's bill, it was declared, and so this April 7th will be the very first official Green Shirt Day that's that's continually declared, and it's a private member's bill, and Ethan is now 17, but at 16 years old, he's the youngest person in the history of Ontario to sponsor. He's not really the sponsor because he's not a member of the ledge, but he's the guy that got it to happen, so it's the one, it's there. It's amazing uh, the way it goes. The anniversary of the crash is the day before, um, and then Green Shirt Day does happen after. Canadians still put hockey sticks outside even. Um, you know, that was, that was, a, oh, feel the emotion even they talk about that moment, right? Um, I, you know, I didn't know you at this point, but even that moment as a, as just as a hockey fan, uh, hearing the news and then, um, and then seeing the hockey sticks like everywhere you went, um, even little things like that, you know, that's the conversation. I was in not too far from Anna Green Gables in PEI in 2019 in the summer on a holiday. And we're going to this place that I'd been to before for rugby and taking our friends there. And we walk, we're going by and all of a sudden we look, there's a, there's hockey sticks against on the porch, against the front door of this fisherman's house. That's right on the water that have no business to having hockey sticks there other than green shirt day, other than Logan and the Broncos, whatever you want to say, the Broncos. And it had a ribbon on it. And I, we took a picture and we're just like, and there's still people that contact us. They put their, their sticks out for the Bronco tragedy. And we still have our sticks out. And of course, on our where we live, they don't they don't go in. People have their sticks out, probably 10 houses. The sticks just stay, which is, yeah, it's, it's a special time. The Bronco families this year, it's the, nobody likes to use the word anniversary. It's yeah. the fifth year. Okay, and so you. my wife has joined a committee and they're working on the tribute what's going to happen. And there's some announcements coming up. I'm not sure what's going to happen exactly, but there'll be announcements on April 6th of the Memorial crash site. They've, they've really moved along and there's lots of things going on there. There's a railway crossing there. There's, there's way more than the person thinks when they see pictures, it's like, ah, but it's not in the middle of nowhere. It's in the middle of nowhere, but there's power lines, railway crossings, four way stops now and everything. So, Hmm. so they they have permission. They're going to be, they're moving forward. Hopefully there'll be shovels in the ground this summer. Interesting. Well, and not to mention that even the conversation around trucking has changed because of it um, and safety around trucking. So there's, you know, there, there's even that whole aspect, which we don't talk, we haven't talked about uh, here. That's going to be for another day, but the um, you know, so the, the, again, the effect of all of these things continues to cascade and um, and that's good. Yeah. It's good to just just bring, there's nothing wrong with the discussion about any of this stuff. It's, it's good for people to, move forward in their lives you're never moving on ever but it's to help you just help the families there's 29 of us right 16 past 13 survivors for life yet that affects built families it just affects everything mm-hmm. 
and it's good to we get together and I'm looking forward to hanging out with Chris Joseph on Saturday. Yeah. So. I am going to acknowledge that um I don't know how to have this conversation. I really don't. Um and I'm saying that because as a guy who's been a broadcaster for 27 years and I I feel comfortable with you, I can text you and say, "Hey, uh we we do that from time to time." The uh I just want everyone else to know that you hear uh, Toby and I talk, but I don't know how to do this conversation. And I just want you to know that it's okay. (sighs) It's okay to not know how, but just find the courage to do it. It's very okay not to know how, because I didn't know how, because I told Logan, I made a joke and then I stopped talking. We never told Bernie. That's Mm -hmm. part of the, the story that gets to be forgotten is that when we were in that room in, in Saskatoon, in that room we see on TV, Bernie just offered Logan's organs. She didn't know that he told me, and I didn't tell her because it's what you just said. Like, how do you have that conversation about death with your child? About your child? It's not going to happen. So, yeah, not my problem. It's not going to happen to me. And she just did it because that's the kind of person she is. Yeah, and then take that into, you know, any married couple and, you know, you don't want to upset your partner because there was something heavy with the kids. So you don't say anything about it. And you're just like, well, I'll just deal with that later. It's not going to happen. And then, you know, I mean, that's a normal thing that we go through every day. Right. So, uh, I love you, brother. I really do. You're awesome. If you're looking for something to do, Shane, because I know you got lots of time in your hands. (laughs) As a guy out of, I'll send it to you. I will. Anyway, he's a writer out of, uh, PEI. He wanted to have that conversation with his kids about four months after the crash. So he geared himself all up, got all prepped. He's a he's a he's a professor at a college, and he writes in the local paper. And he brings his two daughters into the kitchen, and they sit down to talk. And one daughter goes, "Well, I've done that. I did that years ago." He goes, "What?" <laughs> and the other girl goes, "Oh, she walks out, goes back. Oh yeah, I just did it online, Dad. What else do you want to talk to us about?" Yeah, I guess I'm done. He's just like, "Okay, well that wasn't that hard." But yeah. it's like he literally had to psych himself up. He said. The article talked about like that psyched myself up to have this conversation and they're both well one's already done and the other one's like, Well, I'll just do it right now. She did it on her phone. Amazing. Yeah. Well I can tell you this personally, Toby, um uh since you've been in my life, you you make me a better dad. And so I appreciate you for that. And I appreciate the conversation around uh organ donation and uh and everything that's coming up. And uh, I just look forward to chatting with you again, brother. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate I appreciate the conversation. I appreciate the chance to visit with you. And next, you will end up in the Copperheads rink there. The what they call the Snake Pit and Cold Dome. I'll watch a game. Sounds good. That's a wild okay. place, by the way, on a Saturday night. <laughs> I've heard it is. I've never gone. They want they to burn donuts to in the Logan. parking lot. <laughs> yeah, Logan's like, yeah, the parking lot. That's another whole story. Everybody's parking lot's the same. It's just not cold house. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being here, bud. Thanks, Shane. You bet. This is the Shift Podcast. It's a technological world, and Blaine Kylo is the uh, West Coast best dad. Solocore.com, S O L O C O R P S.com. Blainer, what's happening? You're looking very Vancouver in your plaid. 
Yeah, well, it's Vancouver, isn't it? It is funny. You think it'd be a raincoat, but we'll go with it. Patagonia raincoats for everybody. Oh, I've got that in the corner when I need it. Mm. Sorry, trying to slip in a coffee there. Um, how you doing, Bud? Good to see you. How are things going? How's things uh, in Dadland? Well, we're in the middle of spring break, and mm-hmm. in many parts of BC, spring break is two weeks long, so kids love it. Parents yeah. try and figure out what they're doing with their kids for two weeks. Jeez, that's longer um, than Christmas for some. Yeah, it is. Uh, 12-year-old and I are going to go to Whistler tomorrow, though. We've decided we, we want a day on the hill, so... They've had nice. lots of snow, and I think it's going to be a nice day tomorrow. Oh, very cool. They do a winter break here and then spring break. So we don't we get the winter break and then spring, like kind of around family day, and then they do spring break in April, so it's a little bit later. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, our kids, they get back from two weeks of spring break, and they're in school for four days, and then it's Easter. So. Oh, that's silly, isn't it? I, I, don't, I don't know when they're learning anything. Yeah, well, maybe they're not. I know Ontario, too, is uh, off right now because Mel's kids were out and about doing the family things with their dads. So, you know, all the to all the moms and dads out there that are working hard to keep those kids busy and entertained, good for you. Well done. High five from the co-parents. All right, Blaine, technologically, um, lots of video games being played in your house during spring break. Yeah, uh, try and push them outside as much as possible. But I like to play the games, too. It's kind of hard to deny them the opportunity when they get the chance to spend uh, 12 straight hours playing the new Destiny expansion. But, you know, one of the things that we played the other night is actually a board game, Catan, one of our favorites, because Uh it exists in a console edition. And it's kind of hard to translate a board game to a TV, but Dovetail's done a pretty good job with the Catan console edition. It recreates the game experience exactly. So same mechanics. Players need to build and trade the resources so that they can collect victory points to win the game. The difference is you're rolling the dice on the computer and on the console and the one thing, because it's all card-based, right? So you've got your resource cards in your hand and I was trying to figure out how because part of the game is faking people out and not letting them know what resources you have and what you don't if everybody's looking at the same screen how can you keep your cards private Mm -hmm. and when everybody's looking at the same screen well i stumbled onto dovetail's very elegant solution they've got a second screen experience so what you can do is you can enable the game so that when you start the game For your character, it kicks up a QR code on the screen. You take a picture of that QR code with your phone, and then on your phone, you get your cards in your hand on your phone. So you don't have to look at them on the screen. You look at them on your phone, and you can actually have cards on your phone, everything else happening on the screen. It's really cool, actually. You can play four people local. You can play four people on different systems. You can play online multiplayer with strangers. So if you just want to play against people, the game will match you. Or you can set up private parties with online. So if you've got friends in other cities, you can come together and play Catan together. But what I like best is I go through these phases where I want to play a lot of Catan and my family maybe doesn't want to play with me. I can now play by myself because the computer is pretty good. The, the, the artificial intelligence 
players that you play against here are pretty good, good enough that I was getting an, as annoyed with them as I get with the real people that I play with when they won't <laughs> trade with me or they continue to put the robber on my squares. So I thought the Catan console edition, a really nice way to be able to enjoy in a different way, one of the best board games created. Very cool. You know, there was an old one. It was on an old Nintendo or something like that. And they had a version of Monopoly. And it was like old 8-bit style, ugly, right? Terrible. But the cool thing about it was it translated so well because the rules were there. You basically rolled the dice. It gave you the card. The card had the rules attached, so you had to pay the money. Or if you wanted to negotiate, agree to negotiate to trade or sell or whatever. And so it took that whole sneaky banker thing in the board game that everyone always gets suspicious of. Well, that's uh, how you, took that that's how you win it. a Monopoly, though. You, you're oh, being the, the banker, sneaky banker? And you take a 20% draw on every transaction. Ah, uh, yes, the taxes, hey? Isn't that how all banks work? Isn't that, well, it is how the dad bank, dad, bank of dad works, that's for sure, when it comes to candy on Halloween. I love it. Um, Blaine Kylo is here. It is a technological world. It's the shift. I'm Shane Hewitt. And uh, we do have so many things that are, are uh, going on here, so we should probably get going on them. Um, not only that, you have a long list of, uh, of uh, the games that you played this week that were other ones. There's a couple of the VR ones that you want to talk about, too. Yeah, well, because we've got so many we're working through. So Altair Breaker, it's okay, a sword fighting game. So if you want to sort of have a virtual reality sword fighting experience, you can play that. Runner is an interesting game. You play Mina, who needs to escape a city. And so you're on a motorcycle and you need to steer the motorcycle around obstacles and then use your weapons and your grenades to take out the um, all of the cops and things that are trying to come after you. But the thing that really caught our attention in VR this, this week, uh, Resident Evil Village. Now, this is a horror game, and it's pretty scary when you're playing it normally on a television screen. Imagine what it's like when you're in a VR environment and those jump scares and the things scraping across the hallway behind you. It's terrifying, actually. I had a hard time staying inside Resident Evil Village in VR. Um, but if you've got the gold edition of the game in your PS5 library, the VR version is available to you if you've got the VR2 headset. So if you've got it, maybe give it a try. It is quite a terrifying experience. Really, really well translates the experience of the game and some of the horror moments that Resident Evil is, is known for. And, and while we're on the subject of Resident Evil, uh, have a listen to this. You see, we are all connected through the holy body. When you need only accept the sacred gift. Christ. Like she did. Temperance, child. Has taken delivery prepared. I'm entertainment for you. Ah, the entertainment. Without further. I always find it so amazing, the, the sound like a movie, hey? Well, they are a movie. And so if anybody's old enough, they might recognize some of that from Resident Evil 4, originally released in 2005 for the Nintendo GameCube. But Capcom has been updating their Resident Evil games, and Resident Evil 4 is the next to get that treatment. 
The full game releases on March 24th, but you can play a demo now, the first part of the game. They're calling it the Chainsaw Demo. So you can find this on PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X and S. Look for the Chainsaw Demo if you want to see how well Capcom has updated Resident Evil 4 for modern-day consoles. Wow. Um, when you're playing with VR, does that have speakers built into it? Because I, I remember when we used to play the original Halo in 5.1 in the old-school sort of home theater. I mean, that was scary when you'd hear the go behind you, right? The best way to do VR and, and PS VR two, they actually have earbuds built into the headset. And so you mm. stick those earbuds in and you get that sound that is as close as the goggle, the visual experiences. So yeah, it, uh, having the, the headphones on or the, or the earbuds in is also super critical. Another beta just to let people know Diablo 4 comes out in June, but there's a beta that begins this weekend. It's a closed beta, so you get access to this if you've pre-ordered the game or if you manage to find yourself a code for early access somewhere. An open beta for everybody next weekend if you want to get a sneak peek at Diablo 4 that uh, is happening this weekend next. Blaine Kylo, solocore.com. Tell me about Syncra. I've never heard of it. Well, this is a really interesting experience in Vancouver. Digital art is becoming a really big thing, using some of our technological um, tools to be able to create art and interactive experiences. And it's spring break here, so parents are looking for things that they can do with their kids. Syncra is an installation in the Croatian Cultural Center on Commercial Drive in Vancouver. And what they've done is they've taken lights and they've connected it to electronic dance music and given you a space where you can actually interact with all of it. So there are boxes all over the place with levers and dials and switches. And when you play with those, you're actually modulating the music that you're listening to. You're changing the nature of the lights that are surrounding you. Oh, it's a completely interactive experience even opportunities to move your body and have your body translated like uh, with videos and then projected on screens. It's great for kids to play with, even better for some of the older kids to maybe hang out with their friends in late at night because it's kind of got a bit of a cyber rave feel to it, but a really fun way to spend some time. And learn how to dance for more than seven seconds, like on TikTok. That would be good, eh? We have a whole generation of kids about to go into bars in a few years that don't know how to dance for more than seven seconds, Blaine. Not like you, who used to just give her on the speakers. You just chain those seven seconds one after another. Same routine over and over and over again. It's really cool. It'd be a great opportunity to just promote every science center in all the big cities, right? The, um, you know, the, we've got the Music Bell Music Center here in Calgary and all of the different learning sites in all the cities. What a great opportunity. Just remember, I have to forget about them is if you like this stuff, there's all kinds of technology like this uh, in all the places for everyone to go check out. I think we kind of forget that from time to time. Eh? Yeah. And the science centers, you're right. The music center in Calgary is unbelievable. It's such a great place to spend time. Yeah. They've got some like the original, uh, keyboard, I'm forgetting, the name's escaping me right now, that Stevie Wonder used to uh, to make his songs back in the 70s. It's as big as your house living room. Like, it's huge. So, cool stuff. All right, solocore.com is uh, where where you can find them online. 
Whistler is where you can find him in real life, IRL. Blank Hilo, enjoy your ski day. Send pictures, Thanks. please. I will. We'll post do. something. Yeah, Solo Core on Twitter as well if you want to see a skiing event tomorrow. I uh, appreciate that. Dress warm. Wear that plaid, big fella. We'll see you next week. This is the Shift Podcast. It's time for Game Showing. It's a game show on the radio. Our contestants are Kelsey Campbell and Demi Knight. Who's going to win? I don't know, but I have a feeling there's going to be some blood. Here is some inside scoop of our competitors. Demi Knight grew up in Manchester, UK. Could be an advantage. Kelsey Campbell drinks like she's Irish. Could be an advantage. (laughs) I don't know. Filling in for Ryan O'Donnell, here's your host, Shane Hewitt. I'm to try to do my best, Ryan, but I can't let go and stuff. All right, so it is time for Game Show. It is time for us to play along here, and let's explain the theme. We have St. Patty's Day coming up on Friday, so we are going to get started with uh, our questions and our categories about Game Showy about Ireland. Here's how Game Showy works. We have three categories. Each category has four questions. We did extras just in case as we have some new players tonight. In each category, Not the a lot questions of are worth points. Here, Demi. I know. <laughs> the, each category has, uh, each question is worth points. Easier questions, less points. Harder questions, more points. Today, we are playing for Lucky Charms. Just so you know, the person who has the most lucky charms at the end of the show uh, is the absolute winner of how this works. You get asked a question. If you get it right, you will hear this sound. Dance, dance, leprechaun dance, do a dance for me. If you get it wrong, you will hear this sound. All right, so that's how this works. If you get it wrong, though, the other player has a five-second counter to try to steal your points. It's just that simple, and that's how it works. There is one little caveat, though. It is this little thing that we like to call the text line special, when you, which sounds like this. Ooh, and the text line special consists of one question that the shift heads get to answer for us. So here is the question, shift heads, 877-399-9898. Text the answer to this question into us, and when their contestant picks this question, it's up to the shift heads whether or not they get it right. Here, shift heads, is your question. A vestment is a garment or an outer garment that people used to wear. Clothing. What color were the vestments worn by St. Patrick believed to be? Was it A, blue, B, green, C, gold, or D, red? What color of clothes or vestments did St. Patrick wear? Blue, green, gold, or red? Text your answer, 877-399-9898, into the shift, and you could get your favorite contestants some free points playing along here on Game Showy. Okay, it's time for Game Showy. Here's your host, me. It's weird, but it's just Multiple me. personalities <laughs> yeah. is really working for you. 
It doesn't work the same way when it's just me. So <laughs> we'll, let's, let's skip that part. All right. Uh, getting started because we have a guest and Kelsey Campbell is the veteran of the game showy. Kelsey I don't stopped feel that smiling way. When I, when I called her a veteran. <laughs> um, yeah, I had a lot that, of feelings about that. Here are your three categories. Interesting Irish things. Get lucky. And Irish places. Demi Knight. Mm. Which one do you want to go for? And how many lucky charms are you going to risk? Um, okay, I'm going to go for Irish places. Uh-huh. And I'm going to go one strategically to okay. take oh, yeah. the easy take questions. So County gets the hard one. No rush. Okay, Please. cool. Okay, here's, uh, here's how uh, the very first question for Demi. What Irish city does Ed Sheeran sing about a girl who's from there? Is it A, Galway, B, Belfast, C, Cork, or D, Dublin? I don't even need the options for that one. That one is uh, Galway. Galway is the answer. Dance, dance, leprechaun dance. Nice. Do a dance for me. Congratulations. That is uh, one. Uh, that is one uh, point just for you, uh, Demi Knight. One zero, Kelsey Campbell. It's your go. Kelsey likes to cut the throat right away. She's mm -hmm. vicious. Yeah. No, no, you but you stick with those one pointers, Demi. Mm. Yeah, that's 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 your play, girl. You get after it. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go um yeah, let's get lucky for uh -huh. three lucky charms. Whoa. Hmm. Okay, here's your question. Kelsey Campbell, three lucky charms on the line. Guinness beer is brewed at St. James Gate Brewery in downtown Dublin, literally downtown. It used to be the largest brewery in the world, and it made it to that title by 1886 with an annual output of 1.2 million barrels of beer. Today, they sell about 3.3 billion Canadian dollars worth of beer annually. How much rent do they pay for the brewery every year? Do they pay A, 45 pounds a year, B, 450,000 pounds a year, C, 4.5 million pounds a year, or D, 45 million pounds a year for rent. Oh my goodness. I'm just trying to do the, the math here. So at 450,000 pounds, it's about $2, right? To our Canadian dollar. So that's putting That would be 450,000 pounds is, well, it's about $500,000. Oh, wow. I was going to be, I was, I was estimating about a million dollars a year. <laughs> None yeah, of these close. seem plausible. Uh, I'm. None of them seem plausible. I'm gonna go that there's some weird support for the brewery, and it's only forty-five pounds a year. There's some weird support for the brewery, and it's only forty-five pounds a year. A is the guess. Dance, yes. Dance, do a dance for me. Okay, uh, 45 pounds a year. The lease was for 45 pounds a year for 9,000 years. Originally, they laughed at uh, the um, Guinness family for doing that because it was a lot of money back in the day. Although no longer the largest brewery in the world, it remains the largest brewer of stout. In 2011, they made 850 million liters of Guinness beer. Wow. Staggering. And it they only pay 45 pounds a year. It's all the other ones just seemed way too high, but I'm like, this. how is this possible? But they take their Guinness seriously. They do. 9,000 year lease. Some... 
You'd think they'd have some really solid lawyers step in and be like, you know, inflation, mm-hmm. could we bump her up to 52 pounds a year? You know? <laughs> <laughs> that extra seven, extra 10 bucks is really going to make a difference. Okay, so we are, uh, Kelsey's leading Demi three lucky charms to one. Demi, uh, choose your category. Interesting Irish things. Get lucky in Irish places. Um, okay. I'm going to go. Irish places for three. Geography is my thing. Geography is your Staying thing. Staying on it. All right. Three lucky charms, Irish places. Which river runs through Dublin and downtown Dublin? Is it A, River Avonmore, B, the River Liffey, C, the River Suck, D, the River Barrow? I feel like... Rivers aren't geography. Um, <laughs> I was just gonna say, if you know this girl, you've got you've got this in the bag, in the cereal oh, box. Goodness, can you repeat them one more time? Absolutely. River Avonmore, River Liffey, River Suck, River Barrow. I mean, River Liffey and River Barrow are the only two that sound Irish. Mm. Um. I'm going to go Liffy. Wow. The River Liffy is exactly it. The River Liffy uh, does flow in from the Wicklow Mountains, which is the same as the the River Barrow, uh, but it goes south. goes to the Irish Sea, literally goes through downtown. Yep. And the River Liffy used to actually go underneath Dublin Castle. But now it doesn't. It goes next to it. There you go. For sure. Yeah. You were just going to say that. Tip of your tongue. Nice. Okay, uh, 4-3, Demi, Kelsey, your turn. Hmm. Do we keep this close? I'm wondering. Okay, we haven't done interesting Irish things. Mm. So let's make it interesting Irish things for two lucky charms. Two lucky charms. All right. Let's go with this. While the Irish accent can be fun and playful, it's sometimes hard to understand. This is a farmer who's being interviewed because 35 of his ewes were believed to be stolen. What does he actually say in this clip that I'm about to play for you? I'll give you the clip first, then read it to you, then give you the clip again. Here it is. Play for you again. Does he say, the boss and I, I thought there'd be a, uh, I thought we'd be there at noon all right. Possibly at night, there'd be a full moon there up all night. Pass me the light, there'd be a full moon where's the light. This uh, this is the boy light, you buy that perfume online. Here's the clip again. <laughs> Thank you one more time. Possibly at night, there'd be a full moon there about night. Give it to you one more. Possibly at night, there'd be a full moon there about night. <clears throat> that is English, just to be clear. I hear the there. The where pass me pass me the light. Pass me the light. That be a full moon there up all night. Ah, full moon there up all night. I'm going with I'm going with B. Possibly at night there'd be a full moon there up all night. Possibly at night that'd be a full moon there up all night. Yes. Yes. 
Yes. All right, congratulations. You did. Two lucky charms for you for translating the Irish accent for Kelsey Campbell. Very cool stuff. Okay, our three categories are uh, Irish, interesting Irish things, get lucky, and Irish places. We still do have the uh, text line special up for grabs. Uh, Demi, where do you want to go? It is five to four for Kelsey at the moment. Five, four. Um, well, there's only one three left, and statistically, that's going to be too hard to get. Mm. That's the I attitude. Like analysis. <laughs> yeah, you should really just go low. Go low and steady. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go two for get, get lucky. Two for get lucky? That sounds fantastic. All right, that is the text line special. That means the shift heads are going to answer this question. The question is, a vestment is a garment or outer garment that somebody would wear, clothing. What color were the vestments worn by St. Patrick believed to be? A, blue, B, green, C, gold, and D, red. Thank you very much to everybody who texted in. It was incredibly close, the answers that did come in, and it did work out. That a blue was the answer from the shift heads. Yes. And the shift heads just scored you two lucky charms. Debbie. Look at that. Congratulations. Huh? I would have gone I would have gone green. Yeah, we had a couple That's of goals. Too obvious. Yeah. Nobody um nobody guessed red, but there was a couple of golds, and I think blue by my count, only one by two over green. Ooh. So it's tight. Okay. It's Game Showy. It's The Shift. I'm Shane Hewitt. Our competitors are Kelsey Campbell in Penticton and Demi Knight in Calgary. We're playing for Lucky Charms. Categories are Interesting Irish Things, Get Lucky, Irish Places. Kelsey, it's your turn. The score is 6-5. Do you have one second for me to tell you uh, an Irish garb story? about? Okay, just very quickly because it still really scars me. Um, I completely forgot that I, w- I was specially invited to meet a former member of the CIA doing a, a speaker series in, in university Ooh. and didn't realize when I agreed to go that it was St. Patrick's Day. Oh. And I was decked out in green, had the fake green hairspray in my hair. I had fake green eyelashes and I had partaken in enjoying some of those millions of barrels of Guinness that day. Nice. And I get a panic text from my professor saying, Hey, uh, where are you? The the conference has started. Need you here. And uh, I showed up absolutely loaded, sat down front row, only seat that was available and immediately fell asleep. <laughs> oh, that is so good. See, I told you. Uh, Wearing all green. Knows how to St. Patty's Bay party. That is so good. You know, the yeah, most it was amazing probably a little bit that obvious that I was celebrating. Um, to me, okay, okay. Is, I just we, want to say that it's amazing that when you went to college, you had phones. We didn't. We didn't even have cell phones. So that's the difference in our age. <laughs> and I think it's probably time to stop calling me a veteran. So there we go. Okay. <laughs> 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 All right, it's your pick, Kelsey. Is it interesting Irish things? Get lucky or Irish places? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go interesting Irish things. For I'm going. I'm going after the the big guns here. Three lucky oh. charms, please. Three lucky charms. We will see if it's too difficult. As Ireland's leading university, the College of the Holy and Undivided Trinity of Queen Elizabeth near London, 
that's its name, it's known as Trinity College, has an acceptance requirement that includes minimal matriculation qualifications in English, mathematics, and a second language. I only included that because it sounded really smart. What famous book is stored at the Trinity College Library? You have to make an appointment to get in and you have to pay to see it. Is it A, Guinness Book of World Records, B, The Book of Kells, C, Harry Potter, or D, Bram Stoker's Dracula? There is only one that I feel would have by appointment that has huge awareness. Oh man, I'm I'm going to go Dracula. Dracula is uh, D from Kelsey. No. No, it is not D and uh, Dracula right there. Oh, my goodness. Can you believe it? It is uh, going to be the same question now for these three lucky charms for Demi Knight. She's losing it right now. No. Five seconds is up. All right. Five seconds. You ready to go? Is it A, Guinness Book of World Records, B, The Book of Kells, or C, Harry Potter? Demi? A. Guinness Book of World Records? Guinness. (laughs) No, it is not. It is also not Harry Potter. It is the Book of Kells, which is believed to be the oldest original copy of the Bible created from a monastery in Ireland, Scotland, or England, 800 AD. The cool part, though, if you're a faith person, it does contain what they believe to be the earliest known scripts of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it's right there in the library. So there you, you go. You know what? That was hmm. at least our fourth choice. Yeah, yeah. at least, right? <laughs> For sure. Okay. Uh, Demi, it is your chance to go. You are up six, five, six to five. And uh, we got to get through these last two questions quickly. So let's go. Okay. Just quickly, I told Kelsey that that three would be too hard and she didn't listen and I warned her. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with um, interest. Interesting things one. Interesting <laughs> Irish things for one. We all know that I'm going to be quick on this one. Um, we all know that you two cranberries and cores are Irish bands. Which of these bands in my list are not Irish? A. Skid Row. B. Dropkick Murphys. C. Boomtown Rats. Or D. Van Morrison. Um. Not Irish. Skid Row. Incorrect. <laughs> 18 and Life, great song, big hair band. They are from Ireland. Kelsey. Yeah, I know this one. I know this one. Dropkick Murphys. Dropkick Murphys. Absolutely. The Dropkick Murphys are from Boston. They are not from Ireland, although their music does sound like this, which you would never know. Um, this is what it is. Cool, which has become a bit of a St. Patty's Day staple, I would say. It um, totally has. That's what makes it so shocking. Mm-hmm. Mm. Van Morrison is from Ireland. Boomtown Rats also from Ireland. Uh, bonus uh, points. Uh, Shane's favorite uh, band so by the script is The Man Who Can't Be Moved, who also from Ireland. Just saying. Love that band. Okay, well, with that little theft of uh, guesses at the very end, that does mean that we have coined ourselves uh, a winner here. Congratulations out to Kelsey Campbell, who takes yes. this uh, little episode of, oh, no, that was a tie. You guys tied. 
Okay, good. I was going to say, no way. How much time do we have? Okay, tell you what. One lucky charm. Get lucky or Irish places, Kelsey. You can break the tie. It's your turn. (laughs) Did Kelsey freeze? No. Did we just lose Kelsey? (laughs) Kelsey is frozen. I think that that, because it's a tie and Kelsey's uh, proverbial leprechaun parachute. Oh, she's back. Oh, she's here. Are you there? Can you hear us, Kels? Oh, no, she's frozen again. No, she's out. I think We're gonna that tap means out. we just call mine a win. We do. I think we have to. That's the way it goes. Oh, my goodness. I'm back, guys. I'm back. Congratulations. Oh, no. No. Thanks to technical difficulties and Did operator error. No, we didn't even do the question because it's a tie. And by default, <laughs> by forfeit, Kelsey Campbell pulls her leprechaun parachute and leaves the chat. <laughs> Congratulations out to Demi, who takes the uh, takes the game, Shelly. Uh, don't forget to have no, your leprechaun no, we... spayed or neutered. We tied. We tied. No, no, you... This was in the books all along. See? Default. True Look. true angels. She doesn't just get to walk away with the lucky charms. It's not my <laughs> fault you left. You left. You were too scared to do the last question. That's not you my fault. Are, you guys are going to have to fight off the air because we do have to go. Thank you okay. so much for being here. Uh, Demi and Kelsey, game showy. I'm Shane Hewitt. This is the Shift Podcast. Are you, are you, are you, okay, 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 are you okay with 877-399-9898, that's our phone number here at The Shift for you to share your thoughts on all of these stories, good, bad, can you do it, can you not do it, uh, since we've been talking about deal breakers in relationships, maybe these are deal breakers in life for you, are you okay with evil empire lairs you know like the evil the evil guy in their their secret lair demi i feel like you can't say yes to this right you gotta be not okay with it you can be if you're evil yeah i mean have you seen how i met your mother like is that a show you watch um, I've watched you know that Barney... whole show front to back three times, just so you know. Okay, me too. It's like my favorite show. But you know how uh, Barney always roots for the for the under the bad guys. Yeah, always. Yeah. Yeah, that's me. It's my life. You root for the bad guy. Always. Really. Yeah. That's scary. Okay, everybody, hear that? Don't upset Demi. Coming to get you. John O'Chung's in downtown Vancouver. John O. Evil, the evil lair. Yay or nay? Uh, nay, nay. No. It's I think it's just a cliche in all forms of media. Yeah, got yeah. it. Yeah. Although that being said, it's usually a pretty nice place. Like Doctor Evil's place is pretty nice. Um, you know, there's some there's some nice evil places. And watching, I did watch Ted Lasso, the third season, first episode, and there are these massive undertones of Star Wars through the whole thing. And the 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 bad team that they've got to play against in their soccer league. The owner of that team has got like a round window, just like in Star Wars, the Darth Vader and stuff like that has. So I, I mean, I get that, but it depends on the evil layer first. Let's let's grab this. Golden Circle presents. My name is Poppy Adams. I'm a proud American and CEO of the Golden Circle. 
We engage in an aggressive business strategy, invest in the latest technology, and take strict disciplinary action. I'm speaking to you today because our world leaders have let us all down. So we are coming out of the shadows and taking over. And to make sure no one gets in our way, Kingsman is crumpet. So that's from Kingsman Golden Circle. And that character has like this city in the jungle where everybody's a robot or a servant. And if you don't listen, you get killed or turned into hamburger. Right? That's the kind of person that Demi's a fan of. (laughs) That's not true. Okay. Elon Musk is uh, CEO of Tesla, Twitter, SpaceX. And now he's adding town owner on his resume in what appears to be, in my eyes, his own evil empire lair. Elon Musk is reportedly building a town in Texas that will serve as a place for his employees to live and work. Does that maybe sound like something you've heard of in the movies? Here's the plan. We get the warhead and we hold the world ransom for one million dollars. I do not intend to be distracted by another. Good night, Mr. Bond. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. There is nothing you can talk to me about that I don't already know. See, for me, scary. Now, he's acquired 3,500 acres of land just outside Austin, and he's described it as Texas Utopia. There are a couple of places in Texas that have burned down (laughs) because of (laughs) crazy people. Okay, the town will be called Snail Brook and will be located next to a SpaceX and Boring Company facilities. Right now, the town, which is still in development, features some modular homes, several large buildings, a warehouse, sports court, pool gym, and big old chunks of dirt. Snail Brook derives from the Boring Company's directive to build machines that move faster than a snail. Musk plans to charge employees who live in Snailbrook $800 U.S. per month in rent, a fee far below local market rates, and has reportedly consulted with a wide range of people about the town, including Kanye West, West architectural designer, and his ex-partner, Grimes, Canadian. So I get that residence thing. That's cool. Give people a chance to live for cheaper, but and you're not going to want to leave your job. Right, Demi. I mean, if we said, "Hey, by the way, we because you're on the shift, you we got a place for you. It's three hundred bucks a month." Oh, for sure. But I, you know, you just have to check when it enters like cult area. You know. Yeah. Don't drink the Kool Aid in the cafeteria. Just saying. Uh, I this to me feels like evil lair, mayor of Elon Town. Yeah. Also, when you're consulting with Kanye West, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, that might have been pre recent behaviors, um, I'm guessing. But still, you know, and crimes seems cool. Never met her, but I don't know. I, I just I, I've never been I've never subscribed to the Elon Musk as this like evil overlord scenario. But after seeing this town. Mm, tipping on the scale, just saying, are you OK with Zellers, Zellers, and more Zellers here on The Shift. I like Zellers. I'm glad it's coming back. 
Were you a part of a Zeller's generation or did you miss that, Demi? No. Because you moved I... here when you were 15 from Manchester? Yeah. So I I want to say it was still here, but like barely here, pretty much gone. I think I maybe went to it once. I didn't get the hype of it because I never went there. Mm -hmm. mm. The hype was amazing. Now, Jono, I'm pretty sure, missed all of the Zeller's goodness by generation. No, yeah. I, I, I would say I was there for Zeller's before it became Target. I would always go there. Always, oh. I love their toys section. Okay, yeah. there you go. Good, I always got my good. Legos from the toys section, yes. All right, okay, so didn't miss out on it. That's good. I'm glad. It makes me feel like you're a whole young man, if, as long as you've had experience from Zeller's. Uh, the once popular discount retailer will be soon opening its doors to Canadians once again, if you have not heard. Hey, why so glum? Nobody's gonna take me home for Christmas. Aw, that's silly. Yeah, tell her, Zeddy. Don't worry. Zeller's has the lowest toy prices anywhere. It's the law of Zeller's Toyland. Mattel Glamour Home, $63.97 after rebate. And Hasbro Baby, uh-oh, $26.97. This is Zeller's Toyland, where the lowest price is the law. <laughs> now, I remember that commercial. There was another one that we found where they were trying to basically auction off Zeddy. The bear. You could adopt Zeddy. That's weird. Anyway, Zellers has confirmed his comeback. We've talked about this on the shift. And now dates at select locations in Ontario and Alberta. So the retailer will return as an online and pop-up experience within existing Hudson Bay Company stores starting March 23rd. So that's a week away. We've got rollout begins next week with the launch of the Canadian website, Zellers.ca, I believe it is. Then they'll reopen other regions across Canada in phases. Um, Zeller's Diner is coming back. It's a food truck, though. It's not inside the restaurant. But the Zeller's Diner food truck will be uh, at some of the locations uh, starting on opening days, but the full schedule is yet to be released. So far, 25 locations of Zeller's inside the Bay, three in Alberta, nine in Ontario, five in Quebec, four in BC, two in Nova Scotia, and one in Manitoba and Saskatchewan each. So you are going to get your Zellers back. And uh, so there you go, Jono. I don't know if they'll be selling Lego. Are you going to go check and see? I'll probably see. And I'll probably tell Ryan when he gets back if they sell Lego. Because uh, Ryan, where, where where I'm working is right above the bay, which will have Zellers. Oh, really? In Vancouver downtown? Yeah. The, right. the mall. We're part of the mall that has the bay that will have the Zellers. Pacific Center. Cool. Yes. Pacific Center. Downtown. It's a cool mall. I like that mall. Um, okay. It's a shift. I'm Shane Hewitt. That's Jono. He's in downtown Vancouver and Demi's South Calgary. I'm Shane Hewitt. I am North Calgary. Are you okay with betting on wrestling? Sports betting is everywhere. Every sports show you watch. Are you okay with betting on wrestling, like WWE? Do you watch WWE, uh, Demi? I would take you as somebody who probably does because you like evil people. Oh yeah, I just I have it on in the background all the time. It's yeah. just my it's my thing. Um, I'm I'm basically not okay with anything to do with wrestling. I think it's so dumb, and I feel like people might hate me for that, but I don't get it. I mm -hmm. don't. I've never got it either. The drama, the storylines. It's like a soap opera. Yeah. That happens. You got to follow it and know it. Jono, you ever been a WWE fan? 
Uh, I just got into it because uh, my uh, my friend dragged me to one of the events because it was it was a SmackDown taping at Rogers Arena, and he was like, "You gotta come!" So I just went. Yeah, yeah. And what was your takeaway? It's just uh, it's like theater. It's theater, but with a lot of action. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Cool. Well, um, uh, WWE is in talks with state gambling regulators down in the states to legalize betting on their matches. WWE wants to. Uh, convince state regulators to legalize gambling on scripted matches. I'm reporting that they've been working with EY, commonly known as Ernst & Young, uh, in a similar fashion to how the Academy Awards uh, has allowed certain states to legalize gambling. So again, this is an example of a situation where the results are known. It's not scripted per se, but these are known results under lock and key. And that is the template that I'm told WWE wants to use in its pitch to regulators to allow gambling. In other words, even though the event is scripted, if they can convince regulators that these results will not leak, then really it's no different from the Academy Awards and people would be able to gamble on matches from the day of their announcement until really theoretically hours before. So that's Alex Sherman on CNBC. WWE is working with that company saying there's no chance it'll be leaked, but you would be betting on predetermined scripted wrestling matches. Um, right now, WWE is targeting Michigan, Colorado, and Indiana to start with legalization of betting on their matches. So if they succeed on legalizing betting, uh, betting on their matches, could it open the door for legalized betting on other guarded, scripted, secret events like future character deaths in TV series? and outcomes like that now are you okay with it demi now from that perspective knowing that it's perfectly scripted and somebody knows the answer no no, no like that makes it so much worse Jono, you said that you enjoyed the live theater of it all but would you be okay with placing bets over who wins absolutely not because it's already scripted right so i don't know why you want to be betting on something that already has an outcome yeah that, that is like i'm just getting ripped off at the moment that's um, that's next level betting, right? When you're betting on something that's already been determined, you're basically trying to guess the target of the business. That's weird. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show, and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.